You're listening to TGP Extra. 29 and 28. Remanded in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of TGP Extra. It's that time again where the members of the European Broadcasting Union come together and compete in the world's biggest music competition, the Eurovision Song Contest. And what is becoming a bit of a tradition on the Garbage Pod is our predictions for the upcoming event. Joining me from across the pond for his second tour of Eurovision duty is my TGP nominal co-host, John Berger. Welcome on board, John. Hey, Ralphie boy. And probably no one outside the US and Canada is going to get that reference, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't seem like five minutes ago that we actually recorded last year's one, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, well... Last year was just such a an awful year all around. We, our, our brains kind of just removed memories of 2016. I think, you know, between all the celebrity deaths and all the other stuff that was going on election. Yeah. Then uh, <laughs> I think our brain has just said, no, no, no. I'm going to make you forget as much about 2016 as you possibly can, and it's just going to make time seem a lot more compressed. That, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I think you're probably right there, actually. <laughs> Join us after the break and we'll be rewinding back to 2016, which we've kind of forgotten, to see how well we did with our predictions last year. Crichton, what are you doing, man? Oh, sir, I'm listening to the Garbage Pod. It's a podcast I found in the podosphere. For Eurovision 2016, a new voting system was introduced and it proved to be a very exciting way to experience the voting procedure. By that, you mean controversial? Yeah, very controversial. Yeah. For those of you who are not familiar with the new voting system, there's going to be a, a video explaining how it all works in the show notes. Right, so you've already mentioned controversial. Uh, what did you make of the new scoring system? Well, we have it over here. Our, our Dancing with the Stars is the same way. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got the professional judges. They give their own votes, but then the people can vote in and you know, uh, an act that the judges would be ready to axe. The people can say, no, 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 we want them for next week. So I guess it's just more Eurovision is kind of going to that kind of a model, which, okay, I mean, that that doesn't really bother me. I mean, there's over 100 judges that they can pick from at any one time. A lot of these people are either ex-performers that were have been on Eurovision over the years or producers or, you know, just people that have been involved with Eurovision over the years. It's, it's quite interesting, the process on it. A couple of years ago, you could be like half an hour or so away from the end of the voting and you know who's already won. Right. But with this new system... It's right to the end. You don't know who's who's won. It changes. It, well, it, it actually flipped it upside down last year. Yeah, especially for us because we were doing so well with the jury vote, and then the, the telly voting came in and just went woof. Where did that come from? <laughs> the, the drawback to that kind of voting setup, though, I think there's just so much more room for politics to come into play, and. I'm just going to say this. 
I have no doubts that the real reason why Ukraine won was because the public decided they were going to make a political statement against Russia. There, I said it. Mm -hmm. And not to say that Ukraine's song was bad. It was definitely not one of my favorites. And it didn't seem to be doing fantastically well, if I remember correctly. And then all of a sudden, the people's votes came in. And it just felt to me like it was a big middle finger to Russia. Um, very much so. So let's go through how we predicted. Uh, we chose two participants from the first semifinal, two mm -hmm. from the second semifinal, and one each from the big six, uh, the group of countries that make the biggest financial contributions to the European Broadcasting Union, or EBU. Um, th these countries are France, <laughs> Germany, Italy, Spain, and the United Kingdom. And also, you've got the, the host country, because they've got to go through to the final, because it'd be a bit embarrassing if <laughs> the host yeah, country a little bit. didn't get through. So the, the big six go directly into the final of the contest regardless of their placing in the previous year's contest and they don't have to go through the semi-final rounds and to be honest with you a lot of the time the UK wouldn't make it through the semi-final <laughs> rounds so that's that's quite good for us <laughs> last year's song was not bad i actually didn't mind that one it wasn't bad it wasn't bad i mean we're, we're learning i think we got mm -hmm. too complacent because we don't have to compete to get there but now some of the artists that we have are, are really taking it seriously this year they took it very seriously let's go through our predictions <laughs> So my predictions for the first semi-final were Finland and the Netherlands, and John's predictions were Russia and Malta. Russia and Malta and the Netherlands made it through to the finals. For the second semi-final, John's predictions were Belgium and Slovenia, and my predictions were Lithuania and Georgia. Georgia, Lithuania and Belgium made it through to the finals. At this point, John and I both have four countries going through to the finals. <laughs> That's if you include John's big six prediction of Spain and my prediction of France. Now we come to the grand final. For this, I'll read out where our predictions came in the competition and how many points they scored overall. Then I'll add all the prediction scores together so we can work out who predicted best out of the two of us. Now, what's the score based on? The final points. Okay. So, Russia came third with 491 points. France came sixth with 257 points. Lithuania came ninth with 200 points. Belgium came 10th with 181 points. Netherlands came 11th with 153 points. Malta came 12th also with 153 points. I don't know how that worked. Georgia came 12th with 104 points. And Spain came 22nd with 77 points. After adding up our scores, I scored 714. You scored 902. <laughs> Yeah, Yankee wins it. There's, there's some irony for you. <laughs> and that's because you chose Russia as one of yours. Yeah, I know, I know. Probably a little bit of a paradox on that one, I suppose. But it was a good song. I, I really enjoyed it. And that, was, that one was doing incredibly well all the way mm -hmm. through. 
even when it came to the televoting, it was still doing quite well. Um, during the jury voting, if I remember rightly, Australia was doing incredibly well and it looked like they were going to win. Yeah. Then the televoting came in and it went... Vroom. Still, it came in second place. Yeah. My poor Belgium, though. Belgium, that was the one, man. That's That that was a travesty <laughs> in anyone's way of looking at it. That was one of the funkiest records that there was out in that competition last year. That, that was just an amazing song, and that poor thing got tanked into number 10. And oh, my, well. My, my uh, Georgia, very different to your usual Eurovision thing, but I liked it. It, was, it had that kind of indie rock kind of feel to it, and um, I've I've actually been looking up their their work to see what what other stuff on their albums are like because I I really did like it. Last year was one of the most impressive ones, just in the scope of the different kinds of musical genres they had. Yeah, very much you know, so. because they they had they had straight seventies funk. They had 80s pop. They had American country. They had, you know, your, your standard pop dance. But even with the pop dance, there were a couple of them that stood out more than others. They had almost metal with, was, was it Montenegro? Uh, yeah. One of them. Yeah. One of them was almost, was almost hard. It was almost heavy metal. There were just some really good songs last year. I don't know what it is with Montenegro. They always think outside the box a little bit. As I say, they had that almost heavy metal sound last year. A couple of years ago, they had this dubstep thing going on. They never seem to do anything that is really Eurovision. They try and do something different, but it doesn't always pay off. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, that was an, and what was the other one? Uh, Cyprus. Theirs was definitely hard rock. I enjoyed that one. Mm, yeah, very much. The quality this year hasn't been as good. Um, no, and it has been very difficult to try and work out what tracks we're gonna we were gonna pick. So what we'll do, we'll take a, a another break, and then we'll talk about this year's contest, i.e., the the news of what's going on in the contest. If you want to win the Eurovision Song Contest. We suggest that you listen and learn. Step one, get everyone's attention. A powerful, majestic start. Maybe a battle horn of some kind. Step two, drums. There has to be drums. It doesn't hurt if the drums are played by gorgeous, topless men. It's proven very efficient throughout the years. Please feel free to try other alternatives. It's proven very helpful to go the exact opposite way. Choose a grandmother. Step three. Show the viewers your country's ethnic background by using an old traditional folklore instrument that no one's heard of before. No, no. In this case, it's proven much more efficient to not use a young model. Go with an old man instead. A beard helps. This instrument is called the Swedish Kvinna Buske, a small roundish piece from the Horn family inherited from the Vikings. Just make something up. No one will know. Step four. In Eurovision, nothing says winner like a violin. Trust us, bring a violin. The violin, the drums, and the Kvina biscuit might make it all feel a little bit old-fashioned, but this can easily be fixed by adding a DJ who pretends to scratch. In real life, of course, this is 30 years old, but in Eurovision, it will give your number a contemporary feel. Step six, costumes. You need to look memorable, something that the viewers will notice. Oh, perfect. Step 
a song. Everything else might be important, but the song is essential. Let it be about something everyone can connect to. Love works. Peace is also a popular way yes, to go. Peace is good. I've actually won the competition with a song about war, but this, with Waterloo, but this is not something we recommend. Now, when you have everything you need and the pieces gathered, go for it and don't look back. Let the song begin with passion, let the wind begin to blow. You can break the rules of fashion and your chance to win shall grow. Look into the TV camera so the audience can see. That you're lovable, not desperate, smile and they will vote for me. Fill the stage with light as dancers will join us. The expectations grow, it's time for the Vision Song Contest 2017 will be the 62nd edition of the competition. The competition will take place at the Kiev International Exhibition Centre. This will be the second time the contest takes place in Kiev after 2005 and the fourth Eurovision event after hosting the Junior Eurovision Song Contests in 2009 and 2013. The Kiev International Exhibition Centre is an internationally recognised venue and prides itself as being the biggest expo centre in the Ukraine, spanning over an area of 58,000 square metres. The centre comprises of three exceptional first-class exhibition pavilions, which includes around 28,000 square metres of exhibition space. It has a congress hall, 14 conference halls, restaurants, cafes, meetings rooms and, and loads much more in there. As usual, the contest will consist of two semi-finals on the 9th and the 11th of May and the final will be on the 13th of May. 42 countries will participate in the 2017 contest 
Set to return to the contest are Portugal, who pulled out of the 2016 competition due to financial difficulties, and Romania, who were forced to withdraw from last year's event through non-payment of EBU fees. After returning in 2016, Bosnia has withdrawn again due to financial difficulties. 2016 was the first time they had competed in the competition since 2012, because of the same reasons. So they are having quite serious problems by the sounds of it. And of course, we have the controversial news that Russia have announced their withdrawal on the 13th of April after singer Yulia Samoylova was banned from entering the Ukraine after the Ukrainian Security Service, or the SBU, said she had illegally travelled to the Crimea from Russia to give a, a performance there, a region that Russia took control of after the conflict with Ukraine in 2014. Now, any citizen that enters the Crimea without going through the SBU will be banned from entering the Ukraine for three years. However, the Russians do not recognise this law because they claim control of Crimea. The EBU tried to calm the situation by offering proposals to the Russian television networks where they could either take part via satellite or change their chosen artist to one that could legally travel to Ukraine for the duration of the contest. The Russian television network refused to compromise on the situation, calling the Ukrainian refusal as completely unreasonable and blames Ukraine for politicising Eurovision instead of uniting people. And now they have uh, announced that they do not intend to broadcast Eurovision Song Contest 2017. But one of the rules of Eurovision is if you have qualified to take part in the voting procedure, you must broadcast the event. So this means Russia will no longer be able to take part in this year's competition. The sad but ironic part of this whole scenario is that the theme and tagline of this year's competition is celebrating diversity. Now, as a child, Yulia uh, Samovlova began losing the function of her legs due to spinal muscular atrophy, and um, she has used a wheelchair ever since. So, diversity, what's going on there? In 2013, she was the runner-up of Season 3 of Factor A, which is the Russian version of The X Factor, and the following year she took part in the opening ceremony of the 2014 Winter Paralympics in Sochi in Russia. So, yeah, it's rather sad that she can't take part in there because I, I think it would have been the first time somebody with a disability taking part in, in um, Eurovision. But to play devil's advocate, there is nothing to say that Russia didn't already know this would happen, that they decided to choose someone with a disability so that they could play the, oh, oh, we're the victims in this card. Uh, this has been coming up in a lot of Eurovision forums, to be honest. There's been a lot of back and forth about this. And, um, yeah, there is that. I mean, I feel terribly for her if she really is just an innocent pawn in all of this. But I, I try to take a balanced view on this as much as possible, as much as a Yankee certainly can, given the certain uh, the current political situation. But you can't tell me unequivocally that Russia did not plan this from the start. Sorry. It does sound like it had that all over it, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I, I just feel sorry for her. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. It's like last year with Romania 
uh, where they, you know, they didn't pay their fees to to be in the the EBU, so therefore they they couldn't take part in the competition. The the guy who was singing for Romania, he was all ready to to leave the country to come up to, over to uh, the the event, and uh, at the last minute was told, "Nope, sorry, you you can't travel because Romania has been chucked out this year." Yep, maybe depending on what happens for next year, if someone else gets chosen for Russia and Russian participates and all that have her do the halftime show that would be good wouldn't it that would yeah, be really least, good at least something because she's a really good singer actually she's really good i've heard her stuff i mean she does mostly kind of ballads and things like that but um i i think she was a really strong contender to to win it this year now for the the third year running australia will be taking part in the contest and they really do love eurovision down under with over three million people tuning in to watch every year. Well, it's growing over here too. I'd like I'd like to see numbers. Actually, I should have looked that up. As we pointed out last year, it's already been stated by the EBU that if Australia wins, they must co-host the contest in Europe. The executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest, John Olasand, has confirmed that an agreement has already been put in place for who will be hosting alongside Australia. It is widely expected that if Australia wins in 2017, the contest will be held in Germany and co-hosted alongside the German broadcaster NDR. If NDR declines to host, the backup broadcaster for the contest is believed to be the BBC. So it, it could be coming here. <laughs> Even if we don't win. <laughs> Also, the EBU has confirmed that it will partner with Logo again for the second consecutive year as the ex exclusive US broadcast home of the Eurovision Song Contest. Logo will broadcast the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest on Saturday the 30th of May, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific. The, the stars of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Michelle Visage and Ross Matthews will appear as the logo's commentators for the 2017 contest. Throughout the live broadcast, the logo hosts will offer background on the events and put the competition into reality for American audiences whilst introducing them to the contestants from each of the 42 competing countries. Eurovision must be quite a strange event for the majority of America, I would have thought. Well, Logo is a very, um, it's a very niche channel. Mm -hmm. It's all about LGBT, yeah. which right there makes it unwelcome in many American homes, unfortunately. Yeah. It is going to be niche. That's that's a big problem. But I mean, logo is also owned by I want to say Viacom. So I mean, who knows if it gets bigger, it could go to one of their other channels. Mm -hmm. And I will give them credit. As much as I was really worried because um, it was their first year, and I don't have a set top box down in my man cave anymore. I cut that cord. I was really worried about what it would be like to stream it, and it was actually a really solid connection. Oh, wow. Maybe maybe once or twice it blipped out, but it actually was a really, really good connection. I was very impressed by that. So, I mean, anybody can watch it. They don't have to have a cable connection, I don't believe. But again, it's just the channel that it's on and the fact that it's, well, Eurovision. What do Yankees really have to do with Eurovision? <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that's, that's understandable. So, I mean, I think eventually it'll it'll grow over here. 
But, but I mean, you could say the same about Russia and uh, Israel, to be honest with you. But they're in it. But that's uh, true. True. <laughs> well, look, okay. If this number is correct and it's not properly sourced, apparently Eurovision was viewed by roughly fifty-two thousand. Now, I don't know if that's viewers or homes or what, but 52,000 somethings. <laughs> Let's just make it households, just to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 52,000 households watched Eurovision from the U.S. last year. That's, that's which, not, not bad for the yeah. first time. No, not really. It says there that the, the grand final will be streamed live exclusively for viewers in the U.S. on Logo's official website, a YouTube channel, and the Logo app. Last year, the Eurovision Song Contest reached an audience of over 200 million people around the world. Uh, Logo is proud to return um, as the U.S. broadcast home for the global phenomenon that is the Eurovision Song Contest, said Pamela Post, Senior Vice President of Programming for Logo. This cultural gem has taken the worldwide audiences by storm and we're thankful to be partner once again with the EBU so our viewers can watch the grand finale live. I would have assumed that a, a, a channel more dedicated toward music would have taken it, but I, you know, whatever. I can understand it because a big majority of people who watch Eurovision are of the Rainbow Nation, so... It does make sense. Yeah, I mean, you'll always have one or two acts where it's very clear what their orientation is. That's fine. But as a whole, I don't want to say that it's geared toward, as you say, the Rainbow Nation. I mean, it's really it's something that anybody can enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it's music. Yeah, it's music. it Come is. On. It is. And it, it gives this such a party atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, we do have Eurovision parties in the UK. You know, you have, the, you have it on the big screen. You have food on the go drink on the go and even to we have a thing here i don't know if you do the same thing in the u in the u.s uh on uh with your cable tv and think you have the, the red button if you press the red button it comes with more interactive things and uh you can actually do karaoke with yeah, eurovision it, <laughs> god well, i don't mind that <laughs> So it, it has the words at the bottom of the screen with a bouncing ball to show you where you are supposed to be. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, it's really – take it to the extreme, but it's really it's really cool. <laughs> I can't say that I've seen that, but that kind of function is all based on whatever your cable carrier is. Mm-hmm. The, the BBC do a good job of it because you have the coverage of BBC One here, which is commentated by Graham Norton, and it has been for the last few years. If, if you don't want Graham Norton, you have the Radio 2 commentary, so you can choose which commentary you want, or if you don't want any commentary at all, you just want the sound of what's going on in the arena, you can choose that as well. So that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I will say I kind of wish we had that last year. Hopefully they'll do a better job now that this is the second year. We'll see. We're going to have another short break, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about our predictions for this year. It's a multinational competition with a collaborative mission. So much like the Olympics in a way. Sure, it's rather less athletic. No, just as energetic. More colorful. And what's the word? Theatrical. We make music and friends with every nation. And bankrupt the hosting TV station. To help to sure up a post for Europe. In 1956 it all began. The set, I'm rather certain, was nothing but a curtain. There were only seven countries and one cameraman. 
But then it started growing, now Australia's ours We're a big black hole sucking in all the stars We'll, we'll take, take over the world and then conquer Mars That's Eurovision It's an annual celebration of our culture It's the highlight of our year And a victory can sure catapult ya Just look at my career Yes, so we see You get to share the stage with me We're all excited, the fans united From Reykjavik, Riga and Rome At Eurovision, there's no derision Cause wherever you come from, here is home For loving Eurovision, I get bullied at school But when we come together, I don't feel a fool Cause for one week a year, we're pretty cool That's Eurovision Getting votes from your neighbours is a sure way To get your song disgraced But when Sweden gets 12 points from Norway It's clearly just good taste That gimmicky factor, the wacky, the weird Celine on a tractor, Conchita's beard Pirates and penguins and pilots on strings These are a few of my favourite things Come together like songbirds of a feather For victory they hope and pray and beg Wait there in the green room But all in that meeting Wishing all of our competitors break a leg The impact of the show one cannot overstate No matter where you go it's a source of debate But it's something you either love or hate That's your vision And the interval act is your one big chance To fail to live up to Rivendance Romance and Luxembourgish sung. We've had two songs with sign language and three in a made-up tongue. Antillian Creole, Norwegian, Vero, Viennese, Neapolitan, Catalan, Udmurt, Montenegrin and Maltese. Ancient Greek, Albanian, Slovak, Ukrainian, Romani, Russian, Romanian, Crimean, Slovenian, Hebrew, Armenian, Arabic and Lithuanian. Portuguese, Macedonian, Breton, Estonian, Pontic, Hispanic, Croatian, Bulgarian, Georgian, Italian, Bosnian, Latvian, Corsican, Serbian, German, Hungarian. Polish, English, Irish, Finnish, Swedish, Spanish and Dutch. Dutch. Some Turkish, Danish and French. Tahitian, though not very much. And though I don't know Czech, Swahili is here, we all Greek. Music is a language that we all know how to So, John, are you ready for this? Oh, God, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is my first choice, so let's play it in. Sunrise. 
was Moldova, and the, the people who perform that are called the Sunstroke Project. <laughs> And the track, if you didn't guess by that, is called Hey Mama. Uh, and every time I think of that, I keep thinking of Johnny Bravo, but there you go. <laughs> the Sunstroke Project incorporate violin, saxophone, you never guessed that, and uh, dance music. In 2010, the group represented Moldova again in the Eurovision Song Contest alongside Olia Tira. It was after the 2010 contest that saxophone Sergei Stepanov became a YouTube sensation known all over the world as the epic sax guy. There is a video of him performing at the contest and it went viral and it's been watched millions of times. Now, there is one section of him playing the saxophone. It's about 20 seconds of him playing the saxophone, which has been looped and looped and looped and it's on there for 10 hours. Okay. <laughs> In August 2015, the group started their own music label called Ragoza Music and released a song called Not Giving Up. So um, they're doing all right for themselves. What did you make of that one, John? Um, and I know there is a lot of saxophone in there, which I love saxophones. So that's probably why I picked it. Yeah, when I went through each of the songs, I gave them basically a, a rating of like, meh, or no, and and that one was a meh. <laughs> I, I, get, I get that. I, I can see it doing well in the... Uh, what I was looking at was the auditorium. It's a kind of a party record. I can see people having a good time to that, so they'll probably remember the saxophone piece, and it might do well that way. Apart from that, you know, it's just a, a dance record. Semi-final one had so much pop and dance in it after a while they all just started sounding like each other mm. i had a really tough time with semi-final one yeah it, it was a bit difficult i must admit because uh, you were tweeting about that yesterday i actually said the same to my other half and uh, when i read your tweets i was like <laughs> yeah john's having trouble as well my taste in music clearly is is slightly different because ukraine won and i did not like ukraine's so what is what do I know? <laughs> it's your choice now, John. was uh, Lindita, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Lindita Halimi. She's from Albania. She's, uh, she's currently 27. She's a singer-songwriter. She won the Albanian National Selection, obviously, last year. And uh, she actually started singing when she was 14 years old. Uh, she was born in Kosovo, so she was a finalist on Albanian Idol. Is there any country that doesn't have one of those whatever Idol programs? Uh, I think most countries either have one of those or... I think just about every country has Or it. The Voice. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Uh, or Country Has Talent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's also won several awards. In fact, she moved over here back in 2013 and was on American Idol. Oh, right. And she, she finished in the top 25. Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that song... I guess that just really stood out to me because that refrain, the power behind 
the refrain just sounds like something you'd hear on like the 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 end credits to a movie. Now it's just got a lot of strength to it. <laughs> when I heard that, I knew you would like it, and the reason why oh. I knew you would like it was for me. If you listen very carefully, it kind of sounds like the Sherlock theme. It's got a similar kind of riff to it. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, to be honest. There's just something about that song that it, especially the refrain, it just really stood out. It just had this power to it, and I could hear that, you know, in a movie theater as the end credits for some kind of superhero movie is playing and it just i I just really liked that one yeah it it does i get what you're coming from with that it's quite a powerful tune we'll go with my second choice for the first semi-final Now, that was Cassia Mos, and uh, she's from Poland, and the song is called Flashlight. Cassia was part of the Pussycat Dolls burlesque review show and was a finalist in the third season of the TV show called Must Be The Music. Cassia has also performed at uh, a lot of festivals across Poland. Now, the reason why I like this song is in a similar vein to why you like the other one. I can imagine this being a James Bond theme. And if you watch the actual video to this song, it's almost like watching the titles for a James James Bond movie. <laughs> I could just see it. It almost reminded me a little bit of the Adele song that she did for the James Bond movie. See, for me, that was one of those that just kind of blended in. It was one of the many pop ballads that appeared in semi-final one. For me, it had quite a, a big arrangement behind it, a, a quite a big orchestral arrangement there, which was really nice, and a deep bass behind it, which you heard with the, the heartbeats at the end, which was all the way through the track. Well, I'd have to hear it again, to be honest. So it's your next track, John. On my- Omar Naber, uh, and he's from Slovenia, and that was his song, On My Way. He's also been involved in music for a long time, since he was 16. He actually represented Slovenia in the 2005 Eurovision, so this is, this is going to be his second time, although he was in the national selection for, the, for Eurovision in 2009, 2011, and 2014, so he, he tries to keep coming back year after year. That song he wrote himself, and it says here that his music is uh, best described as melodic pop rock, but you know what? I heard that, and the only word that came to my mind was 
Broadway. Yeah, I've got that written right here. West End that or was a Broadway. Broadway song. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Some kind of dramatic part of a musical with just the really strong orchestration, the strong vocal delivery. I was just like, wow. I mean, the, the song itself, when you listen to the lyrics, I guess it's kind of more depressing, like I'm leaving, never coming back. But just the whole package was like, that should be on Broadway. That just really stood out for me. And this is why I think it might do well in Eurovision because the target audience of Eurovision are very much into their musicals. So, I mean, there were a few others like um, Montenegro's. That one was called Space, uh, and it's by, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Slavko Kolesic. Sorry, I'm not good with some of those pronunciations. His was okay because it had, it felt like it had a little bit of disco infused into it, mm-hmm. which, which I liked. There was another one from Czech Republic, Martina Barta. Her background is in jazz and big band. But yet the song was just basically a pop ballad. I was like, oh, man, you know, if she did jazz or big band, that would have stood out. It's like last year, Malta did uh, a track that was very high octane dance. It was very well produced as well. In the past, they've gone for ballads. And unfortunately, they've done the same again this year. They've gone back to their ballads. I don't know if they call it tried and tested, but they it might be tried and tested, but they don't seem to win with it. If it just kind of blends in with the others, how are people going to remember it? Mm, that's right. You know, as, as much as I didn't really care for the Ukraine song, there was no other song like it. That's true. And same thing with Russia. Yeah, it was pop, but it just it stood out. Well, it stood out because of what he did actually in the performance. If you remember, he was climbing up those walls with yes, that I, um, stuff projected onto them and things, which was quite clever. That's true. I would love to see the technology behind that because that was flawless. Yeah, some good choreography. That, I, just, I just like the song. <laughs> but yeah, so semi-final one just eh, on the whole. So that moves us on to semi-final two. So I'll play my first one in, which will surprise you, actually, John. So that was the Netherlands and a group called Ogene, spelt O-G-3-N-E, but it's pronounced Ogene. And it's supposed to represent the fact that they are sisters that share the same genes and share their mother's blood type O. Okay, so we're tied (laughs) on that one. Yeah, and I'm (laughs) going to say two words to you now. Wilson Phillips. Bingo. That is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I heard them and I thought, a combination of Wilson Phillips primarily, maybe a little bit of the cores. Yeah. Now, they are sisters anyway, or fraternal mm-hmm. sisters, Lisa, Amy, and Shelley Vol, the latter of the three being the uh, fraternal twins. In 2007, they represented the Netherlands in the junior Eurovision Song Contest with the song called Breathe In and Breathe Out. Uh, on the 19th of December 2014, they were winners of season five of The Voice in Holland. 
earning a recording contract with EMI. They became the first trio to win the competition on any of the international versions of The Voice. And as I mentioned there, and we've mentioned before, there is the the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Um, I didn't actually know that there was also the Eurovision Young Musicians Contest, the Eurovision Young Dancers Contest, and Eurovision Choir of the Year Contest. Jeez. <laughs> There's quite a few of them. <laughs> okay. Apart from what you said already, what what is your take on, on the song? That was pretty much the only song from this year that my mouth was just open when I, when I heard it. I was like, that is amazing. It's exactly what you said. Wilson Phillips came right to mind. The, the harmonies. Like, this song is really good. Yeah, the, the harmonies are so good on that track. And, and the thing is, that's not studio work either. I saw an interview with them, mm-hmm. and there they are live. This guy's using his, his iPhone as his microphone, and the three of them are spot on on their harmonies right there. Wow. They are they're actually that good. Yeah, th- th- it just blew me away. We need to go with your second choice next, then, because <laughs> we've flipped around there. That was Jana Bercheska from uh, Macedonia, and that song sounds like it was ripped straight from the 1980s. Definitely. That was 1980s pop through and through, and I was just like, yeah, that's me. That's me. (laughs) Last year's Sing It Away from Finland is one of my favorites, and that is also ripped straight from the 80s. Oh, yeah, definitely it was. Yeah, this one just was like, yeah, I'm, I like this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is me. Doesn't mean it's going to win, but <laughs> it's, that's okay. Uh, that's I, okay. I think it'll do quite well in the arena. I think so, because again, like the other ones that we've chosen, it does have something to differentiate it from the rest. You know, all, all the others are very much pop, pop ballad, pop dance. This one is just right from the 80s. This one also kind of appeals to what we have done on TGP nominal and so forth that she's taken part in more than 60 events supporting disadvantaged people since 2011. She was also a UNICEF ambassador back in 2011. She was part of the Macedonian selection for Eurovision back in 2012. Uh, she tried again in 2013, 2015. Obviously she made it for this year. So this is something that she's been trying to do. And uh, ho- hopefully it just, it differentiates itself enough from the others that it'll, do well this year it should do um it's it's got quality behind it the arrangement on it mm-hmm. is polished there's a lot of them there that don't seem to be as polished and that one is that is, is pretty good what's so, yours mine hey now if you push me down i'll get up again hey now if you let me drown i'll swim like a champion i'm sure there'll be good times there'll be bad times but i I'm running on it. So that was Austria, uh, with a guy called Nathan Trent, so a track called Running on Air. And uh, I know this was one of your uh, honorary uh, mentions. Yeah, uh, that, that, I like that one too. 
Now, on June the 18th last year, Nathan released his debut single called Like It Is. And on the 19th of December, he was announced as the Austrian representative uh, for the uh, 2017 Eurovision Song Contest. This track, Running On Air, has been released in Austria since February. So it's been doing the rounds over there. The, the Austrian broadcaster ORF opted for an internal selection for 2017 rather than putting it to the public vote. Uh, the team, together with music experts Eberhard Forcher and uh, Christoph Straub, scouted within the young Austrian music scene and Nathan was invited to submit a song and convinced ORF to be selected for Kiev. Now, he'd also been put through to the shortlist for the German entry for Eurovision as well. So because he had been selected for Austria, obviously that eliminated him straight away from the German entry. <laughs> uh, that's the thing with countries like Austria and Germany and Switzerland. They can uh, mix and match with who they have on there yeah uh, to be honest we've done it here as well uh, a few years ago uh, we had a, a song in eurovision uh, by a girl called gina g with a song called who are just a little bit <laughs> and she was from australia <laughs> singing for the uk but it sounds familiar uh, it did um well it got to number one in the uk it went right across europe it probably went to the clubs and things in in America as well. Well, actually, this is going to sound kind of crazy. One of the radio stations that I've been listening to a lot is uh, Star Radio over in Cambridge. So they, they have a tendency of playing that, that kind of music too. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. That one was also was like, wow, I like that song too. It's, just, it's got that nice R&B feel to it. A little bit of pop, a little bit of R&B mixed in. That was a good one, too. Yeah, it's kind of got that laid-back kind of uh, Hawaiian sound, you know, kind of like your Jason Mraz or one of those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. It's another one from, from Hawaii that uh, seems to be so laid-back. <laughs> I mean, the only other one that stood out to me from semifinal two was the one from Belarus. And the song is Story of My Life. It's from a group called Nava Band. And the whole song is sung in Belarusian, but it was just a fun, lightweight song. You couldn't understand a word they were saying, of course. But they were they were just having fun with it. And you can tell just from the melody that it's it's just a fun, lightweight song. I've actually got a bit of that here because oh, you you, go. you've got it as one of your uh, honorable uh, mentions. Pop song with a little bit of folk thrown in there. Harmonies were solid. It's it's just a fun song. Even if you have no idea what they're saying, it just makes you want to 
get up and dance. The, the bit at the end came across almost African in many respects. They're kind of like a chant thing they did at the end. It, it kind of, uh, when I say African, kind of South African pop. Uh, it's, it's world music, if you like, mm-hmm. um, which I've I heard a lot of that kind of stuff. When I used to do the folk festivals uh, back in the day, um, I used to do a bit of Marshall in that uh, folk festivals. And uh, yeah, I used to hear a lot of that in the, in the world music tents and all those kind of things. So yeah, it's, it's a nice, upbeat, feel-good song. Let's get on to the the big six. Spain and a guy called Manel Navarro with a song called well you're never gonna guess that it's called do it for your lover yeah really um <laughs> he's a, a young composer and singer whose music is a mixture of influences from Bob Dylan to Ed Sheeran Navarro first came to the public eye in 2014 when he won the second edition of the regional contest for young singers called Catalonia Teen Star with an acoustic cover of Hold On, We're Going Home by Drake. Following his victory, he was signed up to Teen Star Records and released his debut single, Brand New Day. He was the opening act at the Sweet California's 2015 Wonder Tour, and in 2015, he was signed to Sony Music Spain. He released his first single with Sony Music, which was called Candle, and it reached number two in the Spotify Viral 50 chart in Spain. Now, I was listening to it and I thought, why do I, why do I like this? What, what about this song that I like? And then it dawned on me, it's Bruno Mars. Yep. Lazy yep, song. Exactly. Yep. That is a <laughs> Bruno Mars song. Through and through. I was thinking the same thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know it's in Spanish and I don't understand half of it. I understand the chorus, obviously. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely Bruno Mars like. And once again, another Hawaiian style track. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, like it (laughs) no it's a good one for me it was just a bit too repetitive but you know that's that's why i was kind of like well the verses are the same section over and over again Mm -hmm. and then it's the same do it for your lover over and over again i'm like well but yeah it's definitely bruno mars stuff Mm -hmm. so your choice now john Essere o dover essere il dubbio amletico Contemporaneo come l'uomo del neolitico L'intelligenza è demode, risposte facili, dilemmi inutili Ah ah ah, cercasi, storie dal gran finale Sperasi, comunque vado a pantarei Gloria, la folla grida un mantra, le vo- 
That is Italy's Francesco Gabbani. I'm assuming I got that one. And uh, he comes from Tuscany. He apparently grew up on music because his parents ran the town's only instrument shop. He had a band and left to pursue a solo career. He actually did a song called Amen, which went platinum in Italy. But this particular song won the main section of the Sanremo Festival. Do hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes, yeah, Sanremo. Uh, and and uh, apparently it just went viral. That it just became this big smash, went gold within a week, double platinum within a month. But I mean, that song is another one where it's got a very strong 80s pop vibe to it. Mm -hmm. But really, you have to see the video because it's just plain old silly, you know, and they have the lyrics completely translated down there. And it's just as silly as the song is upbeat. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit worried because doing it at Eurovision, you're not going to be able to see those silly lyrics necessarily. I mean, they might, maybe they'll they'll transcribe them, but that's part of the fun for this song. And the video is a lot of fun to watch, especially as you're reading the lyrics. You're just thinking, what made him put these things together? <laughs> and they're talking about the Western karma. And, Western uh, Carmen and talking about, you know, naked apes. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? With the odd English f phrase thrown in occasionally. With yeah, dancing in the rain. Singing in the rain. And uh, sex appeal came up a couple of times <laughs> in, in there, <laughs> to remember. <laughs> just, this song made me laugh. I don't think it's going to make it a winner, but I don't care. I'm, I'm choosing anyway. I, I just like it. It's fun, and that's what Eurovision is all about, or what it should be about. Let's put it that way. Hey, you know what? If a young German woman can win the contest by doing a really bad mix of a German and Cockney accent, anything's possible. <laughs> what was that, 2010, 2011, something like something that? Something like that, yeah. That was the most bizarre accent I've ever heard. But the song was cute. We move on to some honorable mentions. And, of course, I have to because I'm legally obliged to um, <laughs> give a, an, honor, an honourable mention to the UK entry. <laughs> Bias! Bias! <laughs> so, here we go. Go on, do it up. <laughs> Under the surface, I see you glow. I'm right beside you. Lucy Jones with uh, Never Give Up On You. She's a singer and an actress from South Wales and has a wealth of stage experience. She began her career on The X Factor in 2009 where she was a finalist. Uh, she actually lost out to Jedward uh, who have appeared in the Eurovision Song Contest for Ireland two years in a row and didn't get anywhere. <laughs> She has been in a lot of musicals, including um, Les Mis. Uh, she's been in We Will Rock You. She's been in 
the American Psycho, the musical. Really? Oh, God, I forgot there's a musical to that. Um, Ghost, the musical. Ghost? Yeah, as, there's a ghost in, musical. As in the, the Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze movie? Yeah. Kurt, yeah. What? There is a musical of that. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. That one just really caught me by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's an avid sports fan, and she has sung the Welsh National Anthem at sporting events in the Millennium Stadium, which is the big rugby stadium for Wales. And the the Twickenham Stadium, which is the big rugby stadium for England. And she also sang God Save the Queen at Wembley Stadium. The Welsh National Anthem is called Land of My Fathers. Uh, Scotland have their one as well. Um, Flower of Scotland, all ready for when they break away from England. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> So we have another one of your honourable mentions, John, which is this one. Just listen, take a look around, stop missing the things you haven't found. You will realise there's no common ground, there's no compromise, but when the time is time to look. That is the only hard rock song in all of Eurovision this year, which, of course, hard rock. Well, that's me. <laughs> that That's my music. So that is Otorvold from Ukraine. It's hard rock. What more is there to say about why I chose it? At least hit an honorable mention. But I also realize that's not going to win. And the chances of a country winning two years in a row, there have only been three countries who have done that so far, uh, Spain, Luxembourg, and Israel. You know, in all of Eurovision's history, so the chance of that happening here, not likely going to happen. Chance of it happening because it's hard rock, not going to happen. But still, hard rock, so I automatically love it. I heard it when you mentioned it. I listened to it a few times, and I thought, well, it's it's not the fact that it's hard rock, that it's European hard rock. And with your love of poets of the full... Uh... Dude, stealing my thunder. <laughs> I, I was going to say, Finland, you want to win next year. Poets of the Fall. Do it. You gotta do it. Finland have already <laughs> won once with Hard Rock. That's okay. Proper metal. <laughs> uh, it was uh, a group called Lordy back in 2006 uh, with a, a track called Hard Rock Hallelujah Hard Rock And you want to see them. They were awesome. Nice. I might have to look that one up. <laughs> But man, yeah, you get Poets of the Fall on there. They are like, I even got my, my teenage daughter. She loves them. Their first song, Lift, she said that according to Google Play, she's played that over 1,300 times. God, I wish they could tour over here, but we're just too big and they're not popular enough. Uh, that surprises me because that stuff is really good. I've got another one here, which is this one. No, I will never let you go. Give it to me. We 
So that was Switzerland and a group called Time Bell and with a song called Apollo. Time Bell are made up of, believe it or not, Romanian artists. <laughs> the lead vocalist is uh, Maruna Manescu. The drummer is uh, Samuel Forster and a multi-instrumentalist called Emmanuel Daniel Andrescu. Uh, they have previously attempted to represent Switzerland in the Eurovision Song Contest in 2015, but they came second to Melanie Rene's Time to Shine, which didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, was, that one was a good one, too. That one felt more rock than pop, but... The it's a it's a strange one that one the, the fact that the Swiss national song for Eurovision is is Romanian people, <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I like that I, I, that was actually um, a coin toss between that one and Austria's track for my choice my main choice mainly because I thought to myself oh I can't have Austria and Switzerland together uh, because it would be like, too close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> that's okay uh which one was it um san marino's uh valentina moneta and jimmy wilson uh yeah jimmy wilson's a yank he's from detroit all right so you guys actually have an american in eurovision <laughs> we're infiltrating it happens quite a lot because <laughs> if you put it that way or we won eurovision in 97 um and the, the people that actually won for the UK was Katrina and the Waves. And Katrina is an American. Yeah, yeah she's a Yank. Yeah. <laughs> of course, then again, well, I, well, can, I guess I can't really say that you were infiltrating because, I mean, come on, Justin Timberlake last year. Uh, yeah. And that's you the know. weird thing. This year, there is no mention of any acts that are going to be for half time. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they're all going to be Ukrainian acts this, this year. Well, you know. No news. <sighs> I was reading that there's, and I can see this being the case, that one of the main reasons why they might have brought Justin Timberlake on was because it was the first year that it was officially shown in the U.S. Ah, uh, yeah. So let, let's try to rope in some Yankees by having a popular Yankee on board. Yeah, that Didn't makes work, sense. But, you know, so I can see that being the case. I always try to go out on a limb with one of my choices every year. And this year is no exception <laughs> uh oh <laughs> now wait but you already got your choices so this is one of uh, yeah, it's my honorary you... honorable mentions okay. prepare yourself for this oh god now what's the use of being so confused of doing all this work you really don't want to be doing but you'll be fine it's time to feel alive the start for reaching for the stars and keep on moving so bring it on bring it on I'm a dreamer if you don't believe it come and see me I'll teach That was Romania uh, with uh, Alinka featuring Alex Floria uh, with a song called Yodelit. 
Now, there's a, a funny story behind this. It was produced by Mihai Alexandru and Alexandra Nikolai, who are also the producers of the Swiss entry. They're producing two of the tracks that are in the Eurovision Song Contest this year. Yodelit beat the second-placed song in the Romanian national finals by nearly twice as many votes. Even though the music critics were generally mixed towards the recording, deeming it as catchy, but also criticising the yodeling sequences Mm -hmm. being not part of the Romanian culture. One of them also noticed that Switzerland is being represented by a Romanian band, and Romania has a yodeler performing in it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> point hey then again last year's austrian entry was a french you know they were singing in french this is true as much as you say going out on a limb i actually really liked that song too and the only thing that killed it for me was the yodeling it just felt out of place yeah it's a it's a fun song it's catchy the yodeling just didn't work for me i th- i think it might do well though that's the thing because it's it it's, it's quirky but yeah, it's just really weird that the producers from this song are also the producers for the Swiss song, and the Swiss song have got Romanian people in it, and this song has got yodeling in it, which is normally something the Swiss are famous for doing. <laughs> so then, okay, so then wait, so then the requirements of it are just that the song was written by people from that country? No, that can't no, even work either. It doesn't matter. Well, um, uh, I don't know if you remember a guy called Johnny Logan. No, he won. Uh, he's won Eurovision twice. Once in eighty, uh, I want to say eighty three, and once in eighty seven. Um, and he has written Eurovision songs for other countries. Huh. Um, do you know Morton Harkett? Nope. Uh, he's the lead singer of Aha, the band Aha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, he's, God, yeah. <laughs> he's written stuff for Eurovision. Oh, that's cool. No, I, um, I, for some reason, I thought there was something restricted to the country. Um, Ronan Keating, uh, who was in uh, a boy band called Boyzone, an Irish boy band, has written things for, I think it was either Denmark or Sweden. So, <laughs> and, and now that I think about it, that one uh, from Germany several years ago with the funky accent, mm-hmm. that was written by two people and one of them is an American. So I don't think it really matters on the production side of things. I know that at one point, Eurovision did not allow countries to sing English if that was not their native language. I, I know that was used to be a rule. Yeah, then they changed it to you either had to do it in your na- national language, English or French. Right. Because they're the most known languages in, in Europe. So I was wondering... <laughs> whether we should include our honourable mentions into the pot in case they do better than our main choices. <laughs> um, wow. Should we maybe count them as, a, them as half credit? Yeah, we could do that. Just got to remember we got to do that. By the time we do that, I'll play this episode back anyway, so we'll know. What... <laughs> oh, is that what you did for this one? Yeah, pretty it's much. Like... <laughs> Why don't we just put it on, like, Google Docs or something? (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing. Did you notice a TGP nominal theme running through this year's songs? Yeah. Well, you've got Apollo by Time Bell. You've got the Gravity song by um, Hovig and Space that you mentioned earlier. So there's a TGP nominal theme running through there. 
Well, okay, okay. The one from Albania is called World. I think you're really stretching for this no, one. No, I, I, I saw oh, I saw <laughs> Apollo. Okay, yes, but I, I, I saw that one. Gravity, yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. In space, okay. <laughs> Lights and shadows, you know, if you want to talk about uh, eclipses and so forth. Running on air. Uh, uh, <laughs> Spirit of the night. <laughs> or, or if you want to talk about NASA's really big rockets. Uh, we've got beautiful mess. <clears throat> yeah, that was cold. <laughs> that was cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we should leave it there. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Overall, what'd you think? <sighs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not as good as last year, but no. Eurovision can be a bit hit and miss. I, I really think the UK have learnt their lessons of the past. They tried resurrecting artists of the past thinking because they've got a lot of weight behind them they're going to do well in the competition and it doesn't work that way not at Eurovision yeah. Yeah. I mean one year Engelbert Humperdinck and we're talking dear god five years ago and then the following year Bonnie Tyler <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember the Bonnie Tyler one. And at that point, when they brought out Engelbert Humperdinck, I was like, they're not taking this seriously at all. No, no, they're not. Yeah, ask Emma Watson what star power does for movies, considering the one that she just released and is bombing. Yeah, you, you need new talent out there, and uh, that that works i mean it obviously having good writing behind the song helps and a good arrangement and things and also a good stage presence doesn't mm -hmm. hurt either you you look at the uh the swedish entry two years ago the one that had the uh animated characters on the screen with him sometimes having a good routine behind you and in the case of the uk winning eurovision back in 1981 having velcro on a skirt helps as well uh what <laughs> uh we had a, a group in 1981 called bucks fizz and it was a uh, two boys two girls and uh, the girls had a long kind of to the knee flared out kind of 1950s style skirts and they had velcro at the top and halfway through the song when there was a key change the velcro was ripped and they had a mini skirt underneath it <laughs> about to say we're not about to experience a janet jackson super bowl incident are we no that didn't okay happen. okay good back in the early 80s to do something like that was like wow this is quite impressive i remember that i'll vote for those that was how it worked uh, there have been a couple of wardrobe malfunctions over the years at eurovision <laughs> I, I, I seem to recall estonia doing doing one with uh, uh, some woman dressed up as a like a cave woman kind of outfit uh yeah okay. <laughs> I, I remember that one <laughs> 
Methinks it may have been intentional. God, if, uh-huh. I rem- if I remember rightly, Estonia won it that year. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to have to check out the video for this. <laughs> Let's wrap things up uh, for this year's event. The first semi-final is on Tuesday, Tuesday the 9th. And the second semi-final is on Thursday the 11th. You get those on YouTube, though, don't you? Yeah, the semi-finals and so forth we can get just straight from Eurovision or on YouTube. Once it comes down to the, the real one, no, 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 got a logo because otherwise you get blocked. Yeah, love geofencing. But, but again, logo did a good job last year. It, it was actually a really solid connection, so no complaints. Hopefully they can do it again this year. It's getting more popular all the time, so it's only going to get better, isn't it? That That's only if the infrastructure to support it also grows with the audience members. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you've you've got the, the live stream through their network, you've got the live stream through their YouTube channel, and you've also got their app as well. I don't know if they had the app and everything last year. I'm trying to remember... I think last year I just watched it straight through a browser. Mm-hmm. Even on my tablet, I think I watched it straight through a browser. So, once again, John, thanks for coming on board, TGB Extra. My pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll speak to you all again soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Extra. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. Let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com Because your input is our output. Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. You can find links on all our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. TGP Extra is a Spamhead production.